Kareem, thanks so much for for doing this. Um, it, it's taken over 200 uh, episodes, more than that, to get you back on. Uh, thank you for number one, uh, and thank you for 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 this one. Um, and not not just for coming on, but but because of what we uh, hopefully will be able to talk about uh, today. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've really enjoyed uh, personally is is learning throughout the past five six years, talking with different people about different things. Uh, most of the time, I'm talking about you know I'm talking to people about themselves. Uh, very. Uh, few and far between, but some of my favorite conversations are when I talk to people about bigger themes, bigger things going on in the world. Um, and, and that's why you and I um, are, are chatting today. Um, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll have an opportunity to learn uh, more about what's happening, what has happened and uh, what we're hoping to have happen uh, in uh, Israel, Palestine, uh, Gaza, West Bank, um, Jerusalem. Um, so again, thanks so much for uh, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I was proud to be number one, and I'm proud to be whatever 200 and whatever this ends up being. It's a it's a it's a big deal. I, yeah, thanks a lot, man. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so your family. Uh, and and I, I knew your I think I knew that your dad was from there, mm -hmm. uh, but I did not know you still have family living in in parts of of Israel. Like where exactly um, is your is your father from, and and where do you still have family members? Yeah, so my father was born in Jerusalem, um, Palestine, <laughs> and uh, when he was born, it was it was Palestine. Uh, and uh, I still have relatives in Jerusalem and then uh, in Bethlehem as well uh, and the surrounding areas there. Um, yeah, I've been I've been able and fortunate to have visited them and spend, you know, I've never lived in Palestine or Israel, but I've spent quite a bit of time there. I've I've been been back for trips and uh, with my family and uh, on my own and I've brought my wife there and I've brought friends there. And so. Um, yeah, it's a place that I've spent, uh, you know, so, some time in uh, without ever living there, but but I've spent quite a bit of time there and have a lot of uh, a lot of connections and roots to that area. Yeah, your dad was born in Jerusalem, Palestine, before before it was Israel. Yeah. Um, tell me, I don't know if he's. Yeah, I'm sure he's told you stories, told you some family history. Uh, wondering if he can sort of, uh, as far as your as you can rec recollect. Um, a bit about uh, your your dad's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my family on that side is extremely close, and the stories were shared all the time. We're you know, when 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 you're Palestinian and you've been kind of spread out throughout the world, you're very proud of that, and you uh, you find a, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of it's very special to be still connected to that area for sure. Um, so my family. Uh, my dad's family was uh, living just outside of the old city of Jerusalem, uh, right outside of Damascus Gate, which is uh, one of the most famous gates of the old city. The old city is surrounded by walls. Um, and uh, my 
grandma or yeah, my, my, my Tata and, and my CD who I uh, lived with and uh, with the seven, um, my, my seven uncles and aunts uh, in uh, just outside of uh, the old city in Jerusalem. Um, during the war that uh, in 1948, the Arab-Israeli war after Israel was founded, um, there, was, there was significant fighting about <laughs> the, the, the two-state solution that the UN had kind of created um, when Israel was formed on that land specifically. Um, and my, my grandfather, so my dad's father was killed uh, in, the, in the middle of that fighting. He wasn't, he wasn't in the military, he wasn't fighting. Um, he, was, he was shot by one of the sides. No one's really sure of which side he was, he was shot by. Um, and so my family had to bury him in Jerusalem during the, in the middle of a war zone. And then they fled to be with my, my Tata, my grandma's family, uh, just outside of Bethlehem. And, and at that time there was, you know, there was, she had an infant, um, brand brand new baby girl who unfortunately didn't survive uh, from other complications later on. Um, but then the rest of my uncles and aunts were kind of spread out into different orphanages and, um, wow. living with different, different families, uh, in, in the area while my, while my grandma, uh, finished her nursing school and became a nurse to support the family. What? You, you consider yourself Palestinian? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's a strange combination. Uh, I, okay. I identify quite, quite, um, quite deeply with that side of yeah. my family, um, just as much as I do with my mom's side, which is she was born in Austria and Germany. And so I, I rep with my name. She's, sorry, she's born in Austria? My mom was born in, in, in Austria during World War II yeah, okay. in, a, in, a, in a refugee camp. <laughs> uh yeah um but that's a whole that's a whole other story <laughs> other story on that side of the family wow um, yeah uh so yeah i i do i i consider myself palestinian it's um even though i have never lived there uh, i have a lot of um i have a lot of connection to the land i mean again still still have family there um it's, it's been something that's been a prominent part of my life growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I, I was, um, my, my dad has spent, you know, quite a bit of time there and was involved politically, uh, in the Palestinian, um, freedom movements throughout the, throughout the years. He's it's, it's really shaped his life as well as, uh, that, that effect on me and my family's life as well. He's not there anymore. No, no, he lives just outside of Washington D.C. Um, so, okay. yeah, his story is pretty intense. Um, during the the first Intifada in the late '80s, what, uh, tell, what does that mean? What does that mean? So Intifada, so intifada means uprising. It okay. was a it was a Palestinian movement okay. against the occupation, uh, okay. against the Israeli occupation. So again, to go back further. Yeah. Uh, after the after the Arab-Israeli War in 1948, um, uh, Israel was formed, and Jordan uh, occupied the West Bank, which is now with the West Bank, so part of Jerusalem, and the West Bank to up to the it's the West Bank of the Jordan River is why it's called the West Bank. Okay, and that included East Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Nablus and Ramallah and Hebron and what was now considered the West Bank, and Egypt 
uh, occupied Gaza. Okay. Then there, there was never uh, a very good peace there. There was never it was never good. And then in in 1967 there was the Six Day War, and during that war Israel took over all of it and occupied the West Bank and occupied Gaza and took over the entire area, which is now called Israel. Okay. And that's when the that's when that version of the occupation really took over because Israel now had control over all of the Palestinian territories. Can you um, uh, can you tell me so? So there's so before World War II, that mm -hmm. area was known as Palestine. Yeah, it was it was under British control. British the, control. Yeah, the British mandated Palestine. And then and then uh, at the, near the end or at the end or after World War II, uh, the world essentially is looking for a a home mm -hmm. for the Jewish people. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so what was it in, in, in short, Britain raised their hand and said, Hey, we got some land out here. No, no. The, the UN as a, as a group, uh, de declared that uh, they created the partition plan is one thing, one, one way it was called, Okay. which would, which would split the land up. Okay. And, uh, Britain didn't actually agree with it. They refused to implement the plan. And essentially just said, okay, we're done here. They just washed their hands of it and left. Okay. Which was a, there was, and there was a whole bunch of activity before that. Okay. Terror, uh, uh, Jewish terrorists, Arab terrorists, like just, it was, it was a mess um, in some so areas, not, not Jews all areas. Are living, just some Jews areas. are living in the area. Uh, Arabs are yeah. living in the area. Um, yeah. it's, it's, the land is known as Palestine though. It was Palestine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then when the state, yeah, when the state of Israel was created, um, that's when the Arab league, so it wasn't called Jordan at the time. It was like trans Jordan or something. Um, and Egypt and the rest of the Arab league, which is all disheveled. It's not the same Arab states as, as they are now. Um, they fought over the land. They wanted control. They, they, they fought in the, in the uh, absence of the British mandate, they 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 fought okay. over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so your dad is born in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, uh, in the land then known as as Palestine. Palestine. Uh, becomes Israel. Yep. He's still living there. Still there. Yeah. Okay. He he Pick stayed there. Yeah. yeah, he stayed there up until uh, he lived in Jordan for a little bit. Okay. Um, and then went to um, went to the U.S. for for university to get a college degree. Okay. Um, so spent some time uh, in the U.S. Went back and forth, and then ended up doing his uh, his doctorate in uh, child psychology here in 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 the United States. Oh wow! And lived here. Um, until 1980, 81, I think he moved back to Palestine. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. And then when he moved back, um, I, I was still living in Ohio at the time. And okay. when he moved back, he started the, uh, uh, the Palestinian Center for the Study of Nonviolence. Oh, wow. And so he started a, an organization to, to share the, the nonviolent works of Martin Luther King Jr., of Gandhi, 
of, of the resistance movements around the world focused on nonviolence to resist the Israeli occupation. Okay. Um, his, one of his main focuses, just as it was when he was living in the States, was on, on the children and really protecting, working for ways to protect the children from the violence that was happening around them. Oh, wow. And okay. the way to do that is, is through nonviolence, is, is, to, is by you know, not, not focusing on the violence. Yeah. Um, and, and through that, <clears throat> he became, uh, he was very involved with, with back, back to the Intifada, the uprising, yes, is what it was yes. called. Yeah, and so there were a few major factions: the the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which was run run by Yasser Arafat, yeah. and had a and had a military wing attached to it. Uh, they were they were always fighting for Israel, and this is one of the the, the worst parts about all of this is um, their their mentality was to destroy Israel. Okay, that the only way that Palestine could be free is if Israel was destroyed, okay. and that's ridiculous. That that yeah. flat out is just wrong, like okay. flat out. Why is that? uh whenever like the two wrongs don't make a right you know okay israel was israel was created and it was done so poorly the the okay. the, the, the zionist mantra so zionism is the idea that uh this is the israeli homeland and this is this that all all the jews deserve to be in the in their homeland which is this area okay um but the the mantra was it's it's something like um a people without a land, uh, a land without people for a people without a land, saying that there was nobody there. And this this mentality per is pervasive in that in that in that radical side of of that Israeli dogma of this yeah. idea that this is our land, no one else should live here. This is ours, and whoever's here doesn't matter. Okay, and I'm not saying everybody feels this way. I'm, that's sure. not the case. This is yeah. this is a radical. This is a, this is the radical. Zionist. This is a, this is a Zionist. The Zionist, the the radical Zionist. Okay. And so when this happened, I mean, the Arabs that lived in this in the area that is is Israel were completely displaced. They were all refugees. Yeah. So they were told to leave their house, leave their leave their farms, leave everything they had behind. I mean, there are people who still are carrying the keys to their ancestral homes hmm. from when they had to be when they had to leave. So this is a refugee crisis. This was a humanitarian crisis that was that was formulated, and then war broke out. So it was just compounded to be awful. So the Palestinian people were completely displaced from these areas, and this this becomes a this becomes uh, a problem with everything going forward. And, I, and I'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> so, so in the '80s, there's this there's this uprising for Palestinian nationalism, of okay. the idea of a state of Palestine, to to resist the occupation. And my dad was a big part of that, and he was he he fought with Yasser Arafat and the PLO. Oh wow! That that, that violence was not the answer to this. That the only okay. way to the only okay. way to fight against the oppression is through nonviolence. Okay. Focusing on focusing on the work of Martin Luther King Jr. Folks, you know, seeing the, the civil rights movement, um, focusing on the Gandhi's work in, in India to, to remove the British from the mm -hmm. control there. And it works. It, it, it does work. And yeah. it was working. And so they would do things like um, general strikes where um, all the Palestinian workers would just boycott complete days of, of the work they were supposed to do. Because most of the time, these were, these were laborers. Uh, that they would work in Israel or in the West Bank and they would just not work or they would refuse to pay their taxes. Or one of the most beautiful things is they would plant olive trees 
in the in the in their in the farms and the fields where the Israeli settlements were starting to be built or where Israel wanted to take over, because at the time there was a big um, the religious connotations of an olive tree was that you you wouldn't uproot a fruit bearing tree. Okay. And so they they would plant olive trees so they, that this land couldn't be taken over. Oh wow. And there were protests and there were boycotts and okay. he was he was in the center of all of it. Wow. And then in 1988, he was arrested and uh, held in solitary confinement Whoa. By, by the Israeli police. Um, How old are you at this time? Uh, I was uh, 10. So okay. just, I was not quite 10 when he was arrested. Okay. It was actually right near my birthday when he was, when he was arrested. Okay. Yeah. So you're home in Ohio. Your dad's in, in Ohio. Israel, gets arrested. In, yeah. And so he wasn't, he wasn't tortured and he wasn't hurt because the first George Bush, President Bush and James Baker, the, the Secretary of State at the time, intervened to protect him because he was an American citizen. Okay. Wow. So this, wow. this, was, a big, this was a big deal. I, I found out about it. I got a call from my relatives and then I saw it on the news that night. So it was a big deal. And so whenever anybody says that, that the Palestinians have never wanted peace or that they reject it, not, you know, they, they always want violence and they're the terrorists, I, I say no. I have, I have a direct link to, to, to someone who has done his entire life to fight for peace in, in the Middle East. And there's, he's not the only one. Um, but Israel didn't, he was dangerous. He was dangerous to the state of Israel. He was considered a threat to the state of Israel. And so they held him in solitary confinement, and then his case went to the Supreme Court, and they deported him on immigration charges. So they said because he was an American citizen, he, he outstayed, outlasted his tourist visa, even though he was born there. Okay. And there, the Supreme Court upheld it, and he was deported back to the, U to the United States. Okay. So. Wow. Uh, I still had... Uh, two uncles and an aunt who lived over there. Yeah, multiple cousins who were very active in the in the in the in the politics of the area. Yeah, um, and so we were still very connected. And he was still working with with nonviolent movements across the Middle East. Um, so then, when the Oslo Accords, so nineteen, uh, I think like right around nineteen ninety five, um, Clinton and Arafat and Rabin. From Israel, they they started to work on the Oslo Accords, which were which were another peace plan to to work on a two state solution, and my dad was a part of those discussions. He helped spearhead that, and part of that was the PLO had to uh, recognize the state of Israel that, that that Israel had to exist. Okay, and Israel had to work towards a two uh, a Palestinian state and pal Palestinian sovereignty. Okay, and he helped work that out, and as soon as those were signed, he was allowed to go back. Wow. As a, but never to live there, as only as a tourist. They wouldn't let him live there. Okay. And so it was a really big deal. He got to go back and he's, now, he can, now he can travel there. But, it, but it's the craziest thing, you know, to be able to be told, you know, you're a tourist in the place where you were born. In the, yeah, in your home. Essentially yeah. your home. That's right. Yeah. Wow. And, and so when, when I mentioned that there were a lot of sticky things that, were, that are part of this entire 
peace process and you hear about all these starts and stops and you hear about the violence on each side and you, you hear about all this and the people on the ground don't want this. I mean, they don't it's, it's, want, sorry, they don't want they, 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 like it, the general Israeli doesn't want occupation. It's, it's awful. It's terrible. They don't I mean, want to occupy places like the like Gaza Strip, the West Bank. Yeah, and so I mean, they're, they're they're an occupying power. They they're they all have mandatory military service. There's a constant military presence around them. Even you know they they they've had to build walls. They they're afraid. They've built the Iron Dome to protect themselves from homemade rockets. Like this is their their entire life is disrupted by this. Yeah, and the Palestinians they want anything anything other than what they have right now because they have nothing okay so so when, how did when we, we kareem sorry to interrupt how did we get yeah. from the oslo accord yeah where both sides agree two states mm-hmm. state of israel and the state of palestine how did we get from the agreement <laughs> okay this is going to happen to yeah. Israel essentially occupying the whole area rather than there being two states. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not implying that, um, that, that Israel is necessarily at fault uh, in that. And I'm also not going to imply that Palestine mm-hmm. is, is, is at fault. And when I say those two, I mean, I don't know whether I'm saying the people or if I'm saying the governments, but yeah, I guess, how did we get from that to where we are these days? A series of bad decisions and anger. (laughs) So so there was hope. Um, So during during the Oslo Accords, the the idea that the Palestinians were able to start to govern themselves and this this idea of a state of Palestine was, was formed. I mean, the, the idea had been around for a long time, but it, it had just kind of started. Yeah. Um, but but that was that was just an idea, and so they split the area into three different areas: so Gaza, the Gaza Strip. Yeah. And then the West Bank was was broken up into different areas. So Area A, which was Israeli controlled, but but had Palestinian enclaves in it. Okay. Area B was uh, joint control. Then area C, which was all Palestinian control. Okay. So the West Bank was never, never not occupied. It was never the state of Palestine. So Gaza yeah. was let Gaza was and has been kind of kind of dispersed and let alone. Okay. It's it's I mean it is it is a walled completely separated area but but it doesn't it doesn't have these kind of joint areas. Okay. So what happened out throughout throughout the the 70s 80s 90s and even to to, to this very day Israel has incurred into the land into the West Bank and built settlements. They have these physically the, gone in physically gone in and built cities. Okay. And they'll start with a small bunch of houses and they build that up and build that up and build that up and it becomes a city. And with that city, they have roads and they have infrastructure and they have everything that this normal city would. And then they've taken that land now. That's theirs. And if you look at a map of the West Bank, Which it looks like, 
it, it, it looks kind of like, you know, a little bit like New Jersey, a little bit like a, like a little, like a bean. The yeah. areas that are, the areas that are actually controlled by Palestine are about 165 different little islands within that. Within there. Every, everything else is completely disrupted by, by Israel and by settlements. So this idea that there's going to be a two-state solution, which was a beautiful idea. Yeah. Was, was broken up and was, was, was dismantled. And it, was, and it was done because of bad choices by the Palestinian Authority, infighting, looking for power. I mean, this is the first time they thought they had some kind of inkling of power, inkling of some kind of control, which was all just fake. It was all just, it was all garbage. They thought they were, they were being big, big leaders and they, were, they didn't have any power, but they thought they did. And Israel just uh, becoming more, more, more right-wing, and following this path of, we're going to keep building settlements. No one can tell us what to do. We're going to take over this land. We're going to, and we're going to do this. This is ours. And the, the governments started to become divergent and make some really bad choices for the people. Um, so when I say that the Palestinian state never really took off, it's because it was never a real thing. All the taxes that the Palestinian Authority collect goes to Israel. Israel con con controls all the money. Okay. Israel, Israel controls all the borders. Israel controls all the natural resources. So there's there's not this this idea of like oh the Palestinians should just stay in their in their area just stay in the West Bank it doesn't work that way. They've been kicked out of the West Bank. No, no, they're in the West Bank, but they're completely they're 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 cut off. Oh, they've been pushed aside. Everything else, they've just yeah the land has been taken. If you look at if you look at uh. Some of the maps now, I mean, you'll see these little blotches of areas where they actually, this, this area C of where this Palestinian control happens. And it's like Bethlehem and Ramallah and these, these cities. But you'll see other areas that are completely cut off. They're completely surrounded by Israeli-controlled areas, even within the West Bank. Yeah. And so one of the things with, with all these peace process and with all these discussions and all this back and forth, there's always these, there, there's some very thorny issues. And one of them is the right of return. So like I said, in the 48, when Israel was formed, uh, yeah. whole swaths of area were taken over by Israel and said, this isn't your land anymore. This is our land and you have to get out. And the people who were there became refugees. Yeah. Some of them went to Lebanon, some of them went to Egypt, some of them went to Jordan. Some of them went to, the, to other areas in the West Bank or what was then the Palestinian territories. But they weren't in their home. No. And this idea that they, if a Palestinian state came back, the, the Palestinians should be able to return or go back, but there's no place for them to go. There's no land for them anymore. Their ancestral land, the land, I mean, like I said, people have keys, they have their deeds, they have this, this, this connection to this place and yeah. it's, it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And so these refugees, they were never accepted into the countries they were in, like never accepted into Jordan, never accepted into Lebanon. Some of them didn't have citizenship there. Their kids might have, or you know, subsequently sure. they have. But they're never, they're never, they're not Lebanese, they're not Jordanian, these are Palestinians. They've just been displaced. Huh. And Israel will never will never let them return. That's not that's that's something they can never do. And they won't because they'll they'll lose, they'll give up their land that they have now. And so that's 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 going to be a uh that's going to be a, um, 
an issue that just never never fully gets resolved. I mean, it you've, will. You've, you've kicked people out of their homes. Mm -hmm. uh, other people are either living in the homes or on the land yeah. uh, in, in different homes that have been built up. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, there is nowhere for them to come back to. Right. Um, the neighborhood right. that they left actually doesn't physically exist anymore. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and even and even within the West Bank, there are refugee camps filled with Palestinians who are displaced and families, generations now, who have lived there. Sort of in the outskirts of these built-up cities and of neighborhoods these, of, of these towns that yeah. the Israel government has taken over. Mm -hmm. um, sort of in the outskirts on land that maybe is not developed or whatever that's that's sort of where these camps are is that is that correct yeah i mean there's there's a camp right in the middle of bethlehem wow like fully controlled by palestinians it's a palestinian city it's it's part of the area controlled by the palestinian authority yeah there's a refugee camp it's right just but right at the camp. Of the city. Yeah. yeah yeah so so this type of thing just just continually perpetuates anger and distrust between the two sides yeah <clears throat> and then there'll be these, these flare-ups where Hamas or one of these violent groups will do something, will be, will be ridiculous and try to, try to fight. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're pathetic. They're, they're absolutely pathetic. They have, no, they have no power. They have no military. They have nothing. They're, they're, they're just radical militants, which, yeah. which just, and what they do is they, they act like they're tough. They, th they, they throw these rockets, which is an awful atrocity. But then what they're throwing it at is one of the most powerful militaries in the world. Yeah. And then so that military goes, okay, cool. You don't have anything now. And now you're destroyed. What? So, so that, that kind of, that, yeah. so, 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 and, and then that, that breeds this distrust. And then that's exactly what's happening now. And yeah. this is just, it's been, it's been happening this way for decades. Yeah. Why so? Why is there a vested interest? It seems not just America, but it seems that the Western world has a vested interest in specifically the state of Israel. Um, I think it's a few things. Um, it's okay. it's it's uh, strategically important to have a foothold in the Middle East for the Western, or for like the United States and for Britain. And, um, Strategic we, from a military point. Mil militaristically, yeah, especially okay. in the 70s. In the 70s, it was a really big deal when yep. um, the, different, the different Arab countries were becoming um, more powerful because of the oil. Mm -hmm. They were becoming uh, more religious. Um, there were democracies that were becoming Right? Like Iran and Iraq were very progressive countries for a long time until they weren't. Yeah. And that's all, that's a whole different story with the, the, the meddling of the other countries. Saudi Arabia was always kind of, uh, you know, it was always a, uh, a kingdom, but they started getting really wealthy. Kuwait started getting wealthy, the Emirates. And so they, they wanted a, a stronghold and, and they, they didn't trust anybody else. And basically because of the cold war, the Palestinians aligned themselves with Russia, which is another which, which was another split, because the U.S. aligned themselves with Israel, and yeah. the uh, Palestine and the Arabs aligned themselves with Russia, which 
you know, you line yourself with losers and you get considered a loser, right? Like yeah. that's that, that mentality is real. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and the other thing is there's a very vocal, um, the, the Palestinian community wasn't always rallied as a group the way that the Jewish diaspora has been around the world. Mm. So the amount of the, the larger population um, in, in North America was, was, was more politically active, was more, uh, was more powerful and, and spoke up the, the, uh, for the rights and the, the, the strength of Israel. And I mean, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of guilt involved too because of the atrocities that happened during World War II. And so no one wants to see that happen again, ever. No one wants to see that happen to the Jewish well, to anybody, people To anybody, again. But, spe but specifically, yeah, specifically, for sure. And but I mean, that, that's, a, but that's, a, but that's a tragedy befit of nobody. No one should have that. No, but it, I, I agree. So uh, it, 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 it boggles my mind, or one of the things that really uh, confounds me is to see, so the last summer we were allowed to travel freely. Mm -hmm. um, we went to Eastern Europe for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Great trip. Uh, ended up um, going to Auschwitz. Mm. Um, and I can't remember the name of the larger camp, not too far. It starts with a B. Uh, Birkenau, I think, something, something mm -hmm. like that. I, I apologize, I don't remember the, the, the name. But just the emotion, as you're walking through that place, and you walk through the gas chambers and you see where people were gassed and their bodies were burned. And you walk through other um, buildings there and you see the thousands upon thousands of pairs of shoes left behind and so on and so forth. Um, and at, at that moment in time, you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, um, how did we ever treat people Mm -hmm. like this um and then you you sort of think of other things going on around the world that we're still treating people horribly yeah and then when you think necessarily when you think of what's happening in israel and you and you sort of you you, you think back okay i can understand the um the unity that uh the israelis have mm -hmm. but at the same time you think about what they're doing to the Palestinians, especially in in the Gaza Strip, it's like yeah. you're, you're doing the same thing that was done to you, essentially. And the world promised this wouldn't happen again. Right. And, and, and maybe, yeah. maybe like, I don't know if those two are equal. I don't I'm not saying they are or they're not. But it, it's almost like to me, it sounds seems like, guys, you're, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying things are like, you know, set in stone certain ways, right? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you you would really, you'd really hope that um, that you wouldn't you wouldn't treat other people, yeah, that way. 
and it's there's no comparison and there shouldn't ever be no there's, you know uh, yeah but but you you really need to to see the actions in in a in a light of we've had atrocities done to us for so long just because we have some power now does not mean we should take it out on other people we cannot use that power to do yeah. this and and unfortunately there's a group of um a group of uh government you know people in israel who feel that nope you know what this is ours we're going to take it we're going to do whatever we can we have to protect ourselves yeah and we're going to do whatever we can to do that yeah and when you have that mentality of um righteousness and and indignation based on your your history you, you'll do whatever you can and whatever you want it doesn't matter who's in front of you yeah and when you have the the awful rhetoric that the worst of the arabs say of like wipe israel into the sea and all this awful 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 rhetoric mm -hmm. that just that just gives them carte blanche yeah and when hamas when, when hamas shoots rockets israel is going to say well we need to defend ourselves and the way they defend themselves is by destroying entire neighborhoods yeah with pinpoint accuracy like this yeah. this isn't like this isn't this isn't a joke these are like mil like this is military attack helicopters and yeah. warplanes and advanced military equipment versus versus like hospitals and yeah. children and this idea that you know oh but 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 hamas is using using human shields and all that stuff and that that's all complete complete garbage on the ground mm -hmm. it, it's a it's a it's a way to resolve the violence that's been happening but it's not true and yeah. I, I can't i can't say it never happened it, it has never sure. happened or yeah. anything like that but when when schools and hospitals are are just are destroyed when journalists are are arrested when areas are leveled when when apartment buildings are destroyed when infrastructure is destroyed this isn't an accident this isn't some kind of joke this isn't yeah. like oh whoops no it doesn't work that way and this just perpetuates that entire cycle of violence yeah so so what what happened recently where not only um have settlers begun begun to be extremely violent in the west bank and started to take over more land and 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 go into the Palestinian areas and burn fields and harass and, um, you know, violently attack Palestinians. In East Jerusalem, the, the police and the defense force, the IDF, uh, started to take over, take over houses. Yeah. They started to take over land again. And they, they just, you know, kick out, boot, arrest, and and dispossess the Palestinians off their land again, and it still happens. And so, then you get then you get Hamas who thinks they're big and tough, and they think they're going to do something big. And then you see the numbers of of casualties, and it's you know it's completely disproportionate because the power is disproportionate. Yeah, Palestinians don't have any power, and so they fight back as a militia. Yeah, and I don't believe I don't I don't I don't believe in violence on either side. Yeah. Hamas is Hamas is insane. That's it's yeah. they're ridiculous. But but Israel is as well, and Israel is the occupying force. Israel is the power. Yeah, the Palestinians don't have any power. Yeah. Israel has the power, and it's their responsibility to not do that right now. Yeah. So so the idea that there's a right and a wrong isn't isn't that's not an answer to any of this. There is what is right, 
and what is wrong. And both sides are doing things that are right. And both sides are doing things that are wrong. Yeah. Unfortunately it's... for the people, especially the Palestinian people, they are on the wrong side of those numbers, of all of the numbers. Yeah. And that's, then that's where the, the trouble lies right now. Huh. What? So you, you, you have visited many times. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the last time you went and what was it like? What was it like? Where did you go? Yeah, last time uh, was before my kids were born. So I guess it would have been okay. uh, eight or nine years ago. Okay. Um, it was the first time I had been back since they built the separation wall between Israel and the West Bank. Okay. And it was terrifying, frankly terrifying. Why did you, so, why did you go? Uh, I went with to, to show my wife uh, oh, wow. to, okay. visit, to visit my family. Uh, we actually traveled with a couple other friends. We were in Egypt for a bit, and then we went in, into Jordan, and then from Jordan into Palestine and Israel. Okay. And spent time in Bethlehem and Jerusalem. Scary? Primarily. So, no. I mean, the, well, yeah. So, crossing into Israel. Yeah. I, I had to coach our friends and, and my wife Mike and Christy. I had to coach them on what to do. Because I'd been, I'd been back and forth quite a bit. And every single time, I'm, I'm, I'm detained every single time. I'm questioned. I'm harassed every single time. Because of your dad. Yeah. Your name. Your dad. My name, my dad, everything. Yeah. So, so I kind of coached them. I said, look, you guys go ahead. You say you are going to the Bethlehem Bible College, which was true. So my, my uncle has started the Bethlehem Bible College. We were staying there. You're going to be visiting Jerusalem and the holy sites around Bethlehem and Jerusalem. That's what you say. Mm-hmm. And then we'll meet you on the other side. Yeah. And Christy, this is what you say. And you stay over here when they yeah. take me away yeah and invariably they did so hmm. i go up i say my name they ask me ridiculous questions about yeah. my religion about yeah. everything about that yeah they say okay okay hold on hold on then they bring over some people with guns and they take you into a room and they ask you questions and they detain you yeah and i ask and i answer questions i have a smile on my face i you know i answer the questions politely i don't back down yeah and then eventually they, they let me go. You also, don't, you also don't tell them your views either, right? You're like, By the way. <laughs> no. the, the, the last time, so then we, we, ended up, we ended up traveling again and uh, we went down um, in, uh, Christy and I went back out into Jordan and then back in and went to a different crossing point. This was down in Alat in Southern Israel. Yeah. And this, this crossing was different. It was very open. It was in the middle of open area. Yeah. It was just like a, um, there was there was a bunch of a series of of gates that we had to go through. And Christy was they let they pushed her through. Okay. And they and I think she could see me, uh, in the area that I was kind of being questioned at. And there were two guards and then a, a another woman who was like the sergeant or whatever, and she was maybe five foot two, five foot three. And so I stood up and I stood. You know, not aggressively, but I stood up and I was, I stood over her with a yeah. big smile on my face, gentle and nice. But I, she's like, oh, could you sit down? I was like, no, no, I'd like to stand. I was, I was sitting all day. I'd, I'd like to stand. And I'm just above her. Yeah. And with a nice, you know, not aggressive, <laughs> just, just, I am bigger than you and you are not gonna, you are not going to talk down to me. Yeah. Oh, and they asked me ridiculous questions about, 
you know, what's my religion? Okay, I'm, I, I'm Christian. Okay, well, tell me about the saints. And I was like, oh, I'm not that kind of Christian. I'm not Catholic. I'm Protestant. Oh, what's that mean? Okay. What does your wife do? I was like, oh, she's a nurse. Oh, does she know science? I was like, yeah, she did a science degree. Well, I thought you said she was a nurse. She did both. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this type of thing. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's meant to, it's, you know, it's meant for their, their security is what they're looking sure. for. Yeah. But they do it, but they do it in a way that's demeaning. And, and I get it. I, and I was never in danger. I was never scared. Yeah. I have an American passport. I have a Canadian yeah. passport. I'm never, I'm not, I'm not worried about this. Yeah. And you, then you see the families go through who are trying to, you know, see their go go back home or go see loved ones or whatever if they even if they even get a chance to leave yeah this is this is pure terror in their eyes yeah and that's so this is this is an in, this is the international crossing like this is into israel yeah but the border but the border wall which they've created is like a prison you walk through and there's there's tiny tiny pathways all with fence around them and there's huge guard towers with machine guns and with armored soldiers all around you. And you walk through this like you're in jail. And they say, next, and you go up. They yell at you in Hebrew. You don't speak Hebrew. They, uh, they say, hey, I speak English. Let's talk to you in English. Just constant, constant threat of harassment. And then once you're through, that's going from Jerusalem into Bethlehem. Once you're through and into Bethlehem, and you don't look at the wall, you see Bethlehem. Yeah. And that's where I feel. And then I feel comfortable. Wow. Then I'm okay. Because there's no there's no military presence. I don't see the military. Yeah. I don't see guns. I don't see violence. I don't see the wall. Yeah. So so that the occupation as an as an oppressive force is real. I mean, it is real. Like we don't we don't we don't hear about that here. I mean, everything that goes in or out of the West Bank. This isn't in Gaza. Gaza is a whole different story. Gaza is a disaster. But everything that goes into West Bank, yeah, every good, every any money, tra travel, anything you want to you want to go overseas, you can't. You can, there's no there's no, you don't leave from the West Bank. There's nothing. There's no place to go. You have to go into Israel, and then you then they decide if you get to go someplace. Everything in your life is controlled, everything. And, that, and that's a terrible thing for the Palestinians, and it's a terrible thing for the Israelis. It's awful. Because Palestine, they're not necessarily uh, citizens, are they? There's no citizen. Yeah, there's no citizenship. There, you, you can have your Palestinian citizenship, I guess, but it doesn't mean anything. And if you're if you're an Arab, if you're an Arab Israeli or a Palestinian in Israel, yeah, you're treated as a second class citizen. You don't have a full the full complements of rights. It's close. You have rights and stuff, and you can yeah. move around and work and stuff, but you're never treated the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's you know we we hear about there's there's wonderful things in Israel. Their their technology scene is incredible. They're yeah. high tech. Yeah, you go to you're in Tel Aviv. It's like you're in one, any of the modern cities in Europe. Um, there, there's a there's a pride parade in Tel Aviv. There are you know wonderful freedoms, but right next door there's oppression. There's racism. There's just flat out violence. And so at the cost of this, this freedom that they, they have and this mod modernity that they possess is, is, is with, with a boot on the neck of uh, the Palestinians. 
and and it's not it's not a, it's nothing you can deny like this is the other thing is that it's it's a it's a hard truth similar to the way it was in south africa the apartheid was a hard truth that, that the south africans had to had to finally rationalize same thing as in israel they've created they've created as close to an apartheid state as you can get now hmm. And and the longer this goes on, it's like the harder to release because it's almost like a um, like all that pressure needs mm -hmm. to go somewhere. That's right. And so if you release that oppression, that pressure then comes up. You know, there's I'm guessing that's sort of it's all, it's like a catch twenty two. That's right. It's it's terrifying, and there, there there can't be a single state because Israel won't exist because there's more Palestinians than there are than there are Israelis, and that's why and that's why I did not know that. Okay, that's why Israel Israel welcomes uh, anyone of Jewish heritage to be Israeli. Mm -hmm. they, everybody can come back. They have the right of return for themselves, but they have whether whether or not you're from there right you can go there and be a citizen yeah but if but if, if they said if they said right now okay you know what we're done with occupation yeah everybody in palestine come on we're gonna let you be israeli yeah if you want it you can vote you can do everything the, the first vote they'll lose they won't have their prime minister won't be israeli he won't be jewish because they don't have the numbers which so is why yeah. So they can't do it. So they have to oppress to keep the status quo. Yeah. And they can't, there, there's, there's no such thing as a two-state solution because the land doesn't allow it anymore. It's been broken up so much. There's no connection between Gaza and the West Bank. I mean, it's, it's literally a it's desert. It's weird. Like, like, I don't know, like, how did that happen? Can you explain to me how that happens? It's almost like the only thing I can think of is Pakistan and Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Right on different yep. sides of India. Yep. Very similar. Right. It's like I, I now I, I don't profess to know the history of uh, India-Pakistan relations, uh, yeah. but you know my understanding is that India predominantly Hindu, mm -hmm. Pakistan Bangladesh predominantly uh, Muslim. Mm -hmm. um, is that he said like they just sort of push them aside? No, it goes back to the the original wars when Egypt occupied that area and Jordan occupied okay. the West Bank. Okay. So it goes back to that. Okay. Um, Gaza and Gaza City and like, you know, there's, it's an incredibly densely populated area. And it's, it, so I, I've, only, I've only been there once. To Gaza. To Gaza. And it was, it, it took us, took us like four hours to get in before they let us in and we went in to meet some uh to meet the palestinian authority and um is a it, you know that's that's an area that's on the water you think you know there should be beaches there should be a port there should be all these things none of that exists you're allowed to go in the water but there's flotillas you can't go past a certain area fishing boats can't go past a certain area oh there's no, like, uh, no there's no transportation Navy. Yeah, there's no transportation out of there. There's no, there's nothing out of there. This is this was even during, this was in the, the late 90s. 
early 2000s when before the siege which completely shut it down and it's now i mean it's called the world's largest open-air prison for a reason nothing goes in or out there's no there's no freedoms outside of it um, when you say nothing goes in and out are you like being very literal like nothing goes in like you can't import or export so okay that's you know i you're right i'm being hyperbolic nothing no, goes no, no. in or out without without israeli say so okay if the israelis don't want food to go in food won't go in if israeli doesn't if this israelis don't want water to go in water doesn't go in now there are there are mechanisms in the southern area where egypt has found a way and there's supposed to be a gate that's open and but that's all still controlled there's there's still israeli presence right there and if they want to shut that down they just bomb the hell out of it and then it's done there's 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 no there's no freedom there hmm. so so when when you watch the news and you see the apartment buildings getting destroyed or you see hospitals or the roads or just bombs falling to repair those you can repair those when israel lets the stuff go through you can have medical supplies when israel lets that stuff go through everything is controlled so even like i I've, I've been reading recently that there's like un buildings i don't know if they're hospitals or schools or mm -hmm. whatnot israel even controls that stuff like what what the un can take in yeah any any of the aid organizations any of the united nations things any of the journalists anything yeah anything Wow. And so when you when you hear that there's this conflict going on, that there's these fighting, that, that the way that we talk about it is that they're even sides. Mm. There, there, there is there it could not be further from the truth. These are yeah. not even even sides. You know, it's not like, you know, the Leafs versus the Habs on, on even level footing. It, it, there's there's nothing. It's not like that. Yeah. It'd be like a junior peewee hockey team playing against the Leafs. Yeah. I mean, maybe not the Leafs, but a good team. No, I guess the Leafs are good now, so I can't make that joke. Yeah. But but no, there's, there's 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 no comparison there. Yeah. And we talk about it as if there as if there is. Mm -hmm. and, there, and there's Palestinian leaders who act like there is, and there's just not. There's there's not a sense of equality. Um at all. And and so when when these these third-party brokered peace plans get get created or there's these ideas that oh well this is what you need to do it's very unilateral it's not addressing what the what the core issue is is that there's no equality there's no justice in in these decisions it's you should take this because this is what we're giving to you palestinians this is all that you get now yeah you've, you've lost here, have, have these have these things oh you don't like that well then you don't want to be part of the peace process you don't want this mm. there's no there's no reconciliation there yeah and there, there there can't be justice and peace without that reconciliation without that without that almost atonement without that okay we need to restart this and there, there, that that doesn't exist in the current governments of either palestine or or, uh, or sorry, the leadership, not even governments, the leadership yeah. of Palestine or Israel. So, so these, 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 there's no real, there's no real solutions because the radicals on each side 
continue to destroy any of the trust. And so when you hear people in, in North America and you hear people say, oh, well, if you're against Israel, you're anti-Semitic. That's one of the most dangerous types of rhetoric you can hear. Mm. I, I mean, I, I, that, that could not be further from the truth. And as soon as somebody says that, the, the, the discussion and the communication is done. Because if you think that the people who are talking to you hate you, you're not going to listen to them. You're not going to be altruistic to them. You're not going to help them. Yeah. And you can absolve all the violence that you're per perpetrating on them. Because, well, they hate me, so let's just destroy them. Yeah. And so when anybody says that, they are they're right back to square, to square one. And, it, it's, and it's, it's an awful thing. Anti-Semitism could not be, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing, as any racism is. Yeah. But when it's used as a validation and as a, as a, as a reason to not listen to somebody or to hate somebody or to, to perpetuate occupation of a people. So that there's one thing used, to be, uses violence. There's one thing to be, um, to, to um, what's what I'm looking for? To disagree with uh, what the state of Israel is doing. Uh, one can be against that and disagree yep. with the occupation, occupation tendencies of Israel. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, not be anti-Semitic because that's two different things. One is one is a, a, about a state and a government. The other is about Jewish people. Correct. And they've and, conflated, it. And, and and a lot of that has been conflated. Yeah. And it's been and so if, if I like I, I, the the human rights atrocities in the Emirates and in Saudi Arabia and, you know, Iran, like these these are these are awful states. Yeah. Their governments are terrible. Yeah. Does that make me Islamophobic? No, no one would ever say that. Yeah. No, no one would ever say that. Yeah. And I will, and I will rail against the atrocities in Saudi Arabia. I will rail across the, like, about, about of the atrocities in the Arab world mm -hmm. against against foreign people, against the foreign workers in Qatar when they're building these World Cup stadiums. Yeah. And and more people have died than we even know about. This, these are atrocities. Yeah. But that's a. But does anybody say that I'm Islamophobic? No. No. Yeah. Because they don't they don't conflate the two. It's not it's not aligned. Yeah. And when when the radical Israeli sect says, "Well, you're either with us or against us. You're either for Israel or you're you're not." What they've done is they've completely isolated themselves into a no-win situation. Yeah. Because that's that's not the case. That's like if if you say something against the Canadian government, you're not Canadian anymore. Yeah, that's that's not how democracy works. No, that's not you're that's right. not how any, that's not how any of this works. Yeah. And so when when that gets taught, that's hate getting taught, mm -hmm. and it's fear getting taught. And that and and the there are some wonderful Israeli peace organizations and some real Israeli, um, you know loud, loud voices for human rights, for freedom and for justice, for everybody, and especially for the Palestinians. They are loud voices, and those voices are getting louder. Those voices are getting more prominent.
Are they? Okay. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to see because they can't keep living this way. These are people in Israel who cannot do this to people. They see the pain that it's causing, not only the Palestinians, but the pain it's causing to Israelis. Because, because Israelis suffer too. Yeah. And there's, I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I have, I'm a new Canadian. I'm proudly a new Canadian. But I hear about the atrocities which the Canadian government has done on the indigenous people here. Mm-hmm. And it makes, and, and, it, and it, it bothers me to my core. Of course, yeah. And so the of same course. thing is happening there in Israel. Of course. of course. If that doesn't bother you to your core, then don't talk to me about human rights. Mm. Look, there, and there's a picture of a Israeli defense force um, soldier kneeling on the neck of a Palestinian person just like George Floyd. A year ago. Just like that. Yeah. And that happens daily. And this, these, so uh, that vitriol and that anger and that fear that we all should feel and felt yeah. seeing that and hearing that and seeing the pain in that entire population. But then, old- to turn around, the, then to turn around and say, oh, it's okay though. Yeah, yes, and I, this this group can do it. Do you do you think it's because of the the history that the Jewish people have had to endure, the painful history that they've had to endure? That it almost I don't want to say anything more, but it's almost like we've been stepped on and had other people put their boots in our neck. For so long, we're just we're just fighting back. We're defending ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But that's not. I, I don't. I don't believe in that justification. But like you said, it just, does two wrongs don't make a right. Just as I would not believe in that same justification when Hamas says it, Hezbollah says it, Iran yeah. says it, anybody. Yeah, that's that's complete and utter nonsense and garbage. Reconciliation and and equality and justice is the only way forward, and it's but it's so much more difficult. It's so it's so much because you're, because you've already illustrated why Israel will never go for a one state solution. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like it already is technically one state, but in terms of a um, proper everyone is equal one state solution. Yeah. Um, Two-state solution. You're saying now there's no nowhere to go, right? There's there is no no more homes for Palestine unless all of these Jewish families and neighborhoods that are now in the West Bank and uh, leave the settlements. Yeah, but they're being but new ones are being built all the time. I mean, yeah. they're there or they're or they're just straight up taking the land away, like yeah. like they did in East Jerusalem. Sheikh that's exactly what this was all about. And even the night of the ceasefire. One of the holiest during Ramadan, the, the last days of Ramadan. Yeah. Palestinians celebrating the ceasefire at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, the holiest, one of the holiest places in, in Islam. Israel stopped the celebration. The police forces stormed the Al-Aqsa Mosque, tear gassed, skunk watered, pepper sprayed, rubber bullets. Why? 
There's no violence against them. There's no, there's no violence. It's just that you can't have that. Yeah. That, that type of stuff. And this is, this is generational now. And so those kids that are seeing that, that have grew up with nothing but that. It's not, it's not justified anger, but they're angry. So it's, it's, a, it's an atrocity. It's lost, mm-hmm. lost generations continuing to lose. And so to be honest, there has to be a one-state solution. There has to be. But Israel needs to exist. Israel needs to exist. There needs to be a safe and secure area for anybody in that area. Jew, Christian, Muslim, Sufi, <laughs> um, any the, the, the Bedouins who are persecuted by all sides. It needs to be. It needs to be a place to exist. And it needs to be safe and secure for everybody. And everybody needs to have those equal rights. Mm. That's, that's, that's the... So secure the state of Israel. Yeah. The state of Israel should exist. Yeah. Should, it should not be a religious state. It should be a state that is welcoming to Palestinians anyway. and Israelis alike. Yeah. With free and full rights. Look, I, I, this is where this is where my this is where this is yeah. where it breaks for me because I've never I've never been under the oppression. I never yeah. have. I visited and I've been oppressed while I've been there, but I've never yeah. lived in that. You've had the opportunity to leave. I've had the opportunity to leave. You've got the American passport. But, right. But I have to believe that just because I live in Israel as a Palestinian, that doesn't make me not a Palestinian. So having the freedoms and having the ability to live a life yeah, as a Palestinian in the land of Israel and Palestine be, we, we would be, is, is the solution to, to get it's, there. To get there, it's nearly, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to think about. It seems to have worked. Like, no, I think, I don't think there is a place that is perfect, but it seems to have worked in South Africa. Yeah. Right. It is, it is one state. There is not a, you know, there's no two states or right. two different countries in South Africa. It is one country. And I, th- I think the, one of the big differences there is the, is while religion plays a part in all of that, it's not the prominent driving force. Yeah. When right. religion, when religion takes over, it's a belief. It's not, and and you can you can absolve all all manners of crime with yeah. religion. Yeah. And so when when you when you look at it as a racial issue, like it was in South Africa, it's very easy to see the evil. Very easy to see the injustice, because r- racism based on the color of your skin is yeah. just flat out wrong. Yeah. And there's no Israeli who even who doubt that. They shouldn't. Not a not not a not a good not a good Israeli, not a good Palestinian, not a good Arab. Yeah. But when when religion comes into play, it messes everything up. Now, I'm not saying look, I'm not I'm not I'm not denouncing religion. What I'm saying is that when you when you mix a state with religion and and you you dictate who is in and who's out based on that religion, 
it's a disaster. Yeah. It always has, it always has been. Everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere yeah. it has been a disaster. Yeah. And, and so when you use that, when you weaponize that against the people who are against you or use it as a shield to protect yourself, you're doing that in, you're doing that in, a, in a place of, of, in a state of violence, to be honest. You're I, using your religion as a weapon. Have you thought about how you get from where we are to a state, a country that is cosmopolitan, that is uh, democratic, that is, I'm not saying that it is perfect, um, but it is a place where everyone can work and do what they want, they can study, they can travel in and out, they can travel internally, they can vote. Like, how do you get from where we are to that? Um, you first and foremost agree on the humanity of the person across the, the table. You look at a cross and you say, my, is, my, my, my Jewish cousin, which they're all cousins, my Israeli friend, we, you, uh, uh, you deserve to live and to exist and to be free. Yeah. And they, in turn, look to the Palestinians, look to the Arabs and say, you deserve to exist. You deserve to be free. And there's going to be radicals. There's going to be terrorists on both sides, as there always are. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's not going to be easy to, to get past that. But the moment that that happens and the moment that the moment you can see a picture of Bethlehem and a picture of Hebron and a picture of East Jerusalem and compare that to West Jerusalem and compare Tel Aviv and this, this modern metropolis of shiny, beautiful modern city to the backwards kind of third world area in Palestine. And you say, no, no, this isn't okay. Huh. This, we, we need to make this equal. Yeah. And we need to tear down the, the separation wall. And, we, and, and by doing, by, by, by taking these steps, you're removing the radicals. Hamas has no say in anything if the Palestinian people have what they need. Hamas has has control and has power because they give back to the Palestinian people. It's a lot like in the old areas of New York where the mob took over. Yeah. And if you wanted anything, you had to go to the mob because no one else would help you. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same exact thing. It's, 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 it's because they're without, they found somebody who has some, some way to give them something. Yeah. And then the radical, the radical Israelis, they won't have a say. They're pushed to the side too, because who, they're going to be the violent uh, oppressors. There's no, there's no, there's no defending your land when no one's going to, when no one's trying to take it away from you. Yeah, it it, it completely, um, it, it takes away all of their power. And I, I'm not again. I'm making this sound extremely easy. I'm not trying to be glib about this. I'm just saying that that's the process. And that, that that same thing happened in in South Africa, the the warlords in the in the in the townships and the the incredibly racist government. 
the moment you take those away, what are they fighting for? And it, I'm not saying that that's completely clean and that was per perfect or anything. I'm just saying that you, you, you take away that power from the radical mm -hmm. groups and then and the people begin to be able to, to can begin to heal. We can hope. I mean, that's, that's the most dangerous thing is that hope continues to erode. Mm. With every new settlement that gets built, with every little, with every rocket that gets thrown from Hamas, with when every child who gets buried under rubble in Gaza, when every um, rock gets thrown at a settler, when every settler shoots a Palestinian, where every single thing, it just, it's such a fragile, fragile thing. Yeah. And as we saw, right? I mean, land was taken away. Palestinians rose up and, and protested. Mm -hmm. Israeli police and the IDF stormed them. Hamas said, we, we're going to defend them. It's just, you, you can see this escalation happen. Yeah. And, you know, oh, we took that land because of this. And, oh, you did that because of this. And you know what I mean? Yeah, you can you can always go back to history, yeah. always, always, yeah. always. So you have, to later, you, ha you have to decide to stop. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I and I see it. I see it in Twitter. I see I see. You know, people saying I'm with Israel, in one tweet, and the next tweet they're like Black Lives Matter. Oppression's oppression. But one is your oppression, one's another person's oppression. Mm. That's, that's just not okay. I mean, then you see the, the entirely insane people who blame Jews and blame everything. Like, that's, that's garbage, yeah. too. It's just, so all that rhetoric doesn't help anything. No. So when you, when you, lean, on, when you lean on the past and you lean on history to the point of, uh, holding back the progress, it's, it's a disaster. I mean, you might, have, to the Palestinian family who has their deed and they have their key to that house, it's not your house anymore. It's a tragedy. It's a, dis it's a disaster, but that's not your house anymore. Yeah. You should be allowed to be back in Palestine, in Israel. You should have the ability to go back and make a life for yourself. Build on a that new land, home. Build a future. Build a, new, build a new home, build a future. Yeah. But that key doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It just it it it's too it's it's lost. And it was it was lost by the by the poor decisions of Yasser Arafat. It was lost by the the governments of Israel. It was lost every step of the way. And it's a and it's a disaster. And it's horrible. And both yeah. sides have both sides have horrible both, disasters in the entire way to up and down both sides have have been at fault yeah and and both sides need to look in the mirror 100 and 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 decide yeah it can't be one side saying here's how it's going to be it needs to be let's 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 shake hands yeah uh we've messed up we've killed each other's families but if we don't change, we'll continue to, to kill each other's families.
Yeah. And, and unfortunately, right now for the Palestinian people, they're losing more. Yeah. Because they have no power. And so when I say that, I know what I'm saying. I'm not blaming Israel for that. And these are just the facts on the ground. Yeah. More Palestinians are killed. Yeah. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that the Israelis who are killed are worth any less or, or that that's okay, because it's not. It's a disaster every single time. Yeah. But there's one side that has power here. And so, and, and, and that's okay to acknowledge. It's okay. I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. Yeah. That's not, to, that's not to absolve the Palestinian authority. That's not to absolve Hamas. That's not to absolve the radicals, the violence that happens. I'm not absolving any of that. But there's one side that has power. What, what, what uh, your dad still works for peace? He's, Every day. He's still very active. Extremely, yeah. He teaches uh, up, up until recently. He's been teaching uh, nonviolent resistance at American University in Washington D.C. He still runs Nonviolence International, uh, a, a group focused on international nonviolent action. Yeah. Um, still works with many Palestinian and Israeli groups to promote peace. He, before the pandemic, he was teaching a class in Haifa with uh, one of his good friends. Uh, Eddie Kaufman, who's a Jewish professor, and him as, him as a Palestinian professor, they taught a joint class on nonviolence and uh, and uh, and peace. So the, the, I, I, I'm I'm constantly amazed at his ability to be hopeful. Yeah. In the face of everything he's gone through, in the face of losing his father of being separated from his family, of being deported from his homeland, not being able to live there. Still, he has, he has hope. He, he, sees a, he's, he sees a something worth fighting for. Yeah. That's incredible. How, how is your, your family in, uh, back in Israel and Palestine? It's tough. It's tough. So my, my uncle, one, one of my uncles, he lives in Beit Jala, which is just outside of Bethlehem. As I said, he started the Bethlehem Bible College, which is which still okay. exists. Um, they're doing okay. I spoke with them recently. Um, it's it's not great. <laughs> I mean, they're they have a pandemic there too, and they can't leave, and they can't leave two times now. Um, one of my uncles just left Jerusalem and moved to Oregon to be with his, uh, with my with my cousin. I have two cousins who live there now. So he, he left, him and his wife, my aunt. Um, I have my uh, cousin. It runs the Holy Land Trust, which is a, uh, is a group in Bethlehem working for peace. Um, relatives of ours live in between Jordan and Jerusalem. The Kutab family, which is my, my grandma's family. We're still very close with them. Yeah. Uh, Dawood Kutab is a, is a journalist. And uh, Jonathan Kutab goes back and forth, and he's a he's a prominent lawyer working on uh, Palestinian and Israeli rights. Wow! So I, I I always I used I used to ask them. I said like, like how are, how I don't understand how this works. Like why why are is everybody so involved? And they always they always kind of said just uh, it's a small pond. Not that they were big fish. It's just that the pond was small. Yeah. Um. So I I'm extremely proud of my family. Like and you know, like I said, 
whenever anybody says, oh, the Palestinians never fought for peace, never, where, where is there a voice for peace? There's always a voice for peace. Yeah. It's just, it's just if you want to hear it, there's always a voice, a voice for peace. Oh, man. I could talk to you for so long, but. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for, uh, for, the, for the conversation. No, this is this has been. I can't believe I've known you for so long, and I, I didn't know hardly any of any of this about I, uh, about your family. Maybe 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 I did, but I, I didn't pay attention. I mean, look, it, it, it unfortunately it, it comes up and fits and starts. Like my Twitter feed right now is not a very fun place to be. You know. It's not. I'm. I'm posting. I like your Twitter feed. I find. I'm. I'm posting stuff on the ground. I mean, I, I mix that in with some jokes and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, there's. Uh, it, it, I'm. I'm always up for this conver- This kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, I. I. I never. I never want to shut the door on these kind of discussions. And, you know, if an Israeli or a, if a friend of ours who's Jewish or if anybody wants to. Let's talk about this. I'm, I'm I'm here to talk about it, and I'm here to I'm here to learn yeah. about it. Right? I I don't know what it's like to have your family wiped out in the Holocaust, and then live in an area that is constantly under threat or potential threat. And I I I've never had to shift that mindset into from sure. vic, from victim to a, to to powerful. I've never had yeah. to shift that mindset. That, that must be that must be an insane identity crisis. That must be an insanely difficult thing to do. Yeah, I, I have I have I have nothing but empathy towards that. But when we have these kind of conversations, I mean, this is we we speak with what we know, and um, you know, it's it's important. It's important stuff to talk about. It really yeah. is. I would love to speak to your dad. I, I, I feel I'm I'm uh, I'm prepared and I'm comfortable. <laughs> All right, we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Please make make it make an email introduction. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, he, he'll like your name if nothing else. <laughs> if nothing else, I've if got that. Else. I've got that going for me. <laughs> oh man, Kareem, <laughs> man, thanks so much for this, buddy. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, you, you know. Anytime you want to talk about anything, you know I'm here for you. On the 400th, the 400th episode, I'll be. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this has been awesome. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you.